Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, success strategies, and forecasts on commercial real estate. And today we have a special show for you. The segment is brought to you by Commercial Agent Success Strategies for online video for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Today we're going to talk about office tenant strategies and it's such an important thing to talk about today because a lot of companies are concerned about their space, about wellness, about rent per square foot, the people per square foot. It seems like the office market is changing pretty rapidly in a lot of markets. Please welcome my first guest. I have an expert for you, Richard Rhodes. He's managing principal with Cressa and he's joining us on the phone. Rich, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Michael. Nice to be here. Well, Rich, you, you handle a lot of tenants, a lot of large tenants. You're based there in uh, D.C. where your Cressa headquarters is. So tell me, what are some of the themes or, or the trends you're hearing from tenants today? What are some of their major concerns? Yeah. So I, I think let's, let's talk trends. And um, um, the big thing is live, work, play, right? So people want to live and work and play within walking distance of one another. So you've seen a lot of development pop up around public transportation in the Washington area. That would be the metro stations. So the density has changed. Buildings are going up higher than they ever were before. The zoning has changed to accommodate this. Uh, so there is a trend to uh, get to that center. and. If I owned an office park, I would be concerned as to what's happening there because those office parks are typically more spread out and not on these main lines, and there aren't a ton of amenities in those parks. Uh, so that is definitely a, tr a development trend uh, that's seeing an uptick in leasing, um, which then goes to trend number two, which is a flight to quality because new product is going to be more expensive but people are willing to pay for it if they can get the other things I mentioned. So I think that's, that's it. those are two sort of uh, an A and B, but a connected trend there that we're seeing in a big way in Washington. Yeah, that's interesting, Rich. So you're still seeing a flight to quality, even in these transit-oriented developments and where these uh, offices, where they can live, work, and play. I imagine you're seeing the highest rents as well in these spaces, and you're still, that's where everybody wants to be. It's amazing. I mean, in some of these submarkets, the rents are as much as $20 a foot higher, and uh, tenants are opting to go there. I do think there is some offset um, in efficiencies, right? These new buildings that are coming up are much more column-free. They're more rectangular, less funky shapes, so people are laying out better. Uh, they're also modulating from heavy office environments to more... Uh, what I'll call mixed use, you know, workstation, office combinations, or all workstations. So if the rent's going up uh, 30%, maybe they're saving 10% in efficiency or so. So there is some offset there of cost. Yeah, I mean, that's the big point, right? It's the productivity. It's the, it's the profit. Are you recruiting? Are you, are you re retention? Are you, are, how's your productivity? And, and, Rich, what about if they are paying that much more rent? There's still this flight quality. What are you seeing for trends on square footage per employee? I mean, there seems to have been this push to, to get more people and less space. What are you seeing today? Yeah, and I would say to some extent, uh, some companies, you've heard from Yahoo, you've heard from IBM, where they say that backfired, you know, where they either hoteled and sent people home to work, or they stuffed a ton of people into space at a 
120 square feet per person, where the old world was 220 square feet per person. Uh, I think you're seeing the market back off of that a little bit. They like the synergies of having everybody together. It's difficult to administer hoteling when you have more than one person using the same desk on different days. Um, so I think that people are getting a little more space, a little more huddle room, a little more privacy. I think we're finding a hybrid between where we were uh, 10 years ago and where we were two years ago. So, yes, the efficiency is better. The square foot per employee, to answer your question, uh, on average around 200 square feet is probably a fair number. You see people more efficient and less efficient, depending on the industry group. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense because if you think about years past when you see this huge reduction in square footage per employee, uh, the employment market was struggling, right? And so now we have uh, low unemployment. And so it seems like, hey, if I'm an employee and I have plenty of uh, options to get employed, then don't put me on a bench elbow to elbow, right? You're, you're absolutely right. I, I've seen this cycle more than once when the economy is bad. They look to save money at real estate, which is typically their number two line item behind salaries. When it's good and they can afford it, they're leasing more office space. And we are definitely trending upward in that respect. And I think that's what's driving a lot of this new development, because much of it is speculative. You know, it's not all pre-committed space. It's uh, developers taking a risk that, yeah, people do want to be live, work, play. They do want to um, pay a little bit more to be in a better quality building. They want to recruit better, to your point. Right, and we're talking with Rich Rhodes. He's a principal, a managing principal with Cressa, and uh, he helps companies with their space needs. So, Rich, what would you say would be the top three mistakes that tenants should avoid when it comes to their office space use renewals in new space? Yeah, <clears throat> number one is always waiting too long to start the process. Yeah. Uh, people always underestimate the time it takes. Whatever you think it is, just assume it's twice as long. Right. Um, it just, uh, but by the time, let's say from the time, you, if you're a 10,000 foot tenant, um, by the time you sign a lease and you start your drawings and you get your permits and you build your space, uh, that could be five, six, seven months. The lease these days are taking two to three months by themselves, so now we're almost at a year. And then we need at least six months to do what we do really well. And that's for 10,000 feet. As the requirement gets bigger, you need more time. So I think that is mistake number one. Uh, you're better to engage a real estate advisor ahead of when you think you might need one because you're going to end up eating the time. Excellent tip, and, and I think that should be number one. How about number two? Number two would be the um, not negotiating enough flexibility in your lease. Tenants don't realize that they have the leverage to negotiate things like termination options, options to expand, even options to contract. You know, one of the rising tenant markets, uh, and this is related to the Trump presidency, is the defense contracting market, which has really been asleep for a dozen years. It's now coming back, um, and they're all contract-driven. So we're often negotiating contraction rights related to specific contracts, where we'll write the contract number into the lease, and if they lose it, we can give up a commensurate amount of space. So the second mistake is not negotiating enough flexibility in what are typically long-term leases. Excuse me. Yeah. And, and while you're on number two, and I think it's important to, that's very important to understand flexibility and try to negotiate that. And also, I'm sure you would, we would agree with this, it's also thinking about 
all the types of flexibility and lease clauses that you might want to ask for and prioritize those. See what's most important to you so you know going in, right? That's right. That's right. The, the hardest thing in leasing is uh, you're moving into a building. You need the landlord's money to build out. Once again, perhaps you're paying a higher rent than you're used to, so you need the rental abatement to bring the effective rate down. Mm-hmm. In order to get these things, you have to sign 10, 11, 12, even a 15-year lease. So what you don't want to lose is flexibility. So to me, the very first thing I'm negotiating is the right to get out of that lease at some point, even if it comes with a penalty, um, because there's a myriad of reasons why you might have to do that. And if you don't have that, then uh, you're subject to the sublease market, which, you know, in my 35 years of doing business, I think I can think of two of those years where you might have broken even on a sublease. <laughs> right. Otherwise, otherwise you're, it's a shortfall. Well, and the quick answer, number three. Number three, look, I represent tenants. There is no number three. Tenants don't make mistakes. Those are the only two mistakes they make. <laughs> number three is there are no mistakes. If <laughs> <laughs> Number three is find a good tenant broker okay. to help you with your problems. Well, you know, that's a good point. And, you know, uh, I think uh, you look at the smart tenants. So you look at, uh, you know, you read in the paper that a law firm uh, leased space, and then you hear who you read who represented them. And you think of that law firm. They've got a big commercial real estate department. They understand leases. They understand real estates. They get good tenant reps like you and your firm and us and our firm. Rich, good information as usual. Thanks for joining us today. Pleasure, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Yes, and stay tuned. We're going to have more on office tenant strategies because there is a lot more to cover. We ran out of time with Rich, but there's things like wellness. Uh, There's things to help you negotiate better transactions. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Video is powerful. Some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story. We are Barnes Creative Studios, Atlanta's premier commercial real estate video services. BarnesCreativeStudios.com. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Buildout, the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit buildout.com. Hi, this is Michael Ball. Check out Plum Lending, the $1 to $25 million commercial real estate specialist. Plum offers you speed, certainty, and preferential terms because it's all driven by technology. Visit getyourplumloan.com. That's getyourplumloan.com. Excelligen, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com.
Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by Plum Lending. Great place to get loans from like one to I think up to 10 or 20 million dollars online. Visit getyourplumloan.com. Well, today we're talking about office tenant strategies and it's so important today to to have the right environment for your office. And please welcome my next guest, Francina Price. She's president of Global Planning and Program Manager at Champions IFM, which stands for Integrated Facilities Management. And here in Studio One, Francina, thanks for being with us. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's always an honor. One of the things that I think a lot of employers are concerned with in their space today is health and wellness. So you guys are on the cutting edge, helping with facilities, with people and places and, and helping uh, with these projects. So what are you seeing for uh, health and wellness? What are some of the trends you're seeing today? Um, well, we're, we're seeing it's a continued trend. It's definitely a necessity. I think it's not just going to be a trend. It's going to be something that companies are going to have to do in order to attract the right people, in order to make sure they're making really good long business decisions, right? They're going to have to do that. So we're seeing them implement more gyms, more cafe type programs uh, where there are healthy food choices, where people can, you know, pick something that's really beneficial to them. We're also seeing them create in their quiet rooms more prayer, meditation type, yoga type of areas where they can actually, uh, people can go in and work out at their leisure. Not just the traditional type gaming type things, but more relaxation, more opportunities. And of course, bringing back the masseurs, the massage therapists, so that the people can get, you know, kind of the chair massage. And uh, wellness is a big deal. Even for me personally, it's a big deal. Yeah. Well, I want to work with a place where it has a masseuse, right? That sounds sounds great. And healthy food. So you like Snickers bars and stuff like that? Yeah, no, uh, no healthier choices. Hummus, you know, hummus would be like a yeah. really healthy choice. Yeah. But yeah, you're seeing more refrigeration. Like, you know, when you go on a quick trip or mm-hmm. someplace like that, right? You can pick what it is that you'd like to have. It's not vending machine driven. So people are being more conscientious about what options they're giving to their employees. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it's all about getting your folks in and keeping them happy and, and healthy uh, and productive. So um, what are you seeing for trends for, for getting uh, employees in? Are, are more employers concerned about, hey, maybe you really want to attract the, the, your employees to the space for collaboration? and? Yeah, um, that's definitely important. Of course, all of the surrounding things that we typically look for, right? Restaurants and what is nearby for shopping and all of those regular amenities. But some of the things we just mentioned, as well as, you know, the wellness components, they're just as important. Uh, Of course, people are concerned about, you know, the millennials, how do we attract them? Yes, we do these really great internship programs, but we're now modifying the facilities so that the facilities look attractive to the millennial when they come in for the internships. I've had clients who have lost candidates and one of the feedbacks they received was it was the facilities itself. It was outdated. It was a little stale. It didn't allow for a lot of collaboration. It didn't have hits down rooms or quiet rooms where they could go because really I think with the millennial group, they're more more about work-life balance, right? And so the other challenge is if we do a lot of that, right, then how do we, uh, you know, maybe distance ourselves from our already existent um, boomers, right, and our generation X and Yers. So there's a good thin line between trying to balance 
attracting the new talent and maintaining the right environment for those that are still there that are not millennials. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And you mentioned a quiet room. So uh, I guess that's more of a need when you have a lot of open space and a lot of people mm -hmm. working on benches with headsets, right? Mm -hmm. They need a place to go. Right. Well, and we're high technology um, companies now, right? So a lot of people like your Googles and Microsofts and places like that are Siemens. These larger companies, they have all these various divisions. And so in some cases, they're opening up the spaces and they're trying to get that more collaborative. And when you do that, then you lead to not having enough quiet space or down time space. People are moving to benching versus traditional, you know, walled cubes and things like that. So the balance or percentage or ratio of quiet space is, is really, really important. Okay. Well, Francina, if, if our guests, uh, our listeners and uh, viewers uh, are concerned about recruiting and retention and they come to you and say, all right, <laughs> hey, we're going to build a new space out or we're going to renovate that is our really our main concern mm -hmm. what would you start off talking to them about what would you ask them or, or suggest i, I would ask them you know why mm -hmm. you know what is it that they want to accomplish with the renovation uh who are they exactly trying to recruit what age group uh, what industry, um, are there any business trends that they're looking? Is there any new markets that they're trying to enter into? Um, where are they attracting the talent from? Is it just a mass whoever applies for the job or are they recruiting through colleges and universities? And so I would ask them all of those kind of strategy type questions in addition to what do you want the look and the feel of the space to be at the end of the day? Because it still needs to be a place that you can live in too, right? So we would ask a lot of different questions prior to um, trying to design the space. It's really the psychology behind what it is that you're trying to accomplish long-term. And again, everything we just discussed is just as important, but how we deliver that space um, will determine based on your culture, right? Your culture, your corporate values, um, your long-term strategies, and as I always say, if you know where you want to be in five years, that's great. But, you know, what is it going to take to get there? And then when we get there, is it going to be outdated? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we've talked about wellness. We've talked about recruiting and retention. Mm -hmm. um, what about productivity? If a viewer is out there and they're like, hey, all that's great too, but isn't it about productivity, making money? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. It's all about making money and productivity, but yeah. flexibility is what's gonna allow you to be able to do that. When you're trying to recruit and retain, people are looking for flexibility, aren't you? I'm looking for flexibility. I wanna be in an environment where yes, I can use all my gifts, my talents, my knowledge, but I also wanna be in an environment that's flexible, that allows me different types of workspaces. Because I mean, people, what, what I usually hear because a part of our uh, strategy is programming, right? So we're asking questions of the end user you know, they want to be able to get up. They want to be able to use a sit-stand desk, mm -hmm. right? They want to be able to walk around. They want to be able to, you know, go talk to a friend or they want to be able to stand and work, you know. So flexibility, I, I think, is really important when you're designing your spaces and just, you know, trying to make a really good job, do a really good job at attracting the right talent. You really need to be a flexible employer. Yeah, and when it comes to flexibility, Francina, is uh, you can do it with, with the space and you can also do it with the furniture choices, yes, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's so many cool things out there right now yeah. that you can use. And, and what we're seeing is a number of things. You know, at first people were taking out some of the traditional 
cubes. Now they're putting them back in, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then they were taken out, you know, no high walls. And now some people are like, well, we still need a little bit of a wall, you yeah. know? So I think that we, you know, we've gone to the extreme right, you mm -hmm. know, or the extreme left, depending mm -hmm. on who you are. But I think we're coming back and trying to really find that balance and that mixture and really um, being transitional in the way that we deliver the space versus, you know, we're just all going to this one trend of open yeah. plan, right? Yeah. I don't think total open plan is uh, a benefit, right? Just by itself. I think the, the nuances of different types of workspaces and offices really understanding your employee population is really going to make you the best employer. Yeah, that's a good point. We're talking with Francina Price about office tenant strategies. And Francina, one of the things that uh, that we, we hear a lot from our uh, tenants that we rep for space is they're trying to cut costs down. They're trying to get the uh, square footage per employee down. Mm -hmm. So what do you see in, in, in design and construction today? Are you seeing that continue to compress? And are you seeing any trends the other way? Are any people, any companies having a little bit of issue with maybe too many people and too little space? I see all of that. Mm -hmm. Some of it is some companies maybe went too far to the right or to mm -hmm. the left, and so they're having to come back and reevaluate and recalculate, right, because of the complaints. Mm -hmm. The employee satisfaction rates are not as high as they felt that they would be. Mm -hmm. So in those cases, again, a lot of it has to do with what is the work the employee is doing. So you really need to match, right, the space with the type of work. Is it a more teaming environment? Is it more of a I work heads down by myself kind of environment? And so I think sometimes as, as business leaders, we've gone too far to the left or to the right, but people are coming back and they're just simply reevaluating um, now that they have some data, right? So now they're making adjustments. Yes, there are still people that want to reduce the overall head count, there's um, not head count, but the you know square, square footage, footage yeah. per head count, mm -hmm. and that is still necessary, right? Just for long-term um, goals. But at the same time, this time, let's make sure we put the right type of furniture, the right type of workspaces in place. And so it's just a little combination of juggling, I think. And I think that'll still go on um, as we continue to learn from our employee populations. Okay. All right. And you know, I think. When I'm working, I like to concentrate on my clients' needs and, you know, and think about today and, and down, the, down the road, and I like to concentrate. So if I hear a lot of people talking around me and things sometimes, and, and I get interrupted, you know, I still want that, that <laughs> private office, so uh, it's amazing. So, uh, Francina, before you have to go, you're, you're dealing with, with office tenant strategies all the time. Uh, what would you say are the main top three mistakes that an occupier should avoid related to their space and and and, and to throw this out at the beginning is timing one of them to sometimes they they start too late in the process yeah, definitely yeah. I'm a I am a big advocate of start as early as possible mm -hmm. plan as much as you can on the front end so I would say start earlier make sure you choose the right space for the long haul the space or the location or both both okay. the location the space that you need and really make sure you do your change management your workplace strategy. What is it that you want to use your space for? How is that conducive to the product or the service that you're delivering for your customer, right? And make sure that when you're doing that, you get the end user's input. Yeah, you and need I, their input. And I like how you said the, for the long haul. For the long haul. Sometimes we'll have tenants come to us and say, hey, hey I want 12,132 square feet. I'm like, yeah. well, how long is that the exact number you're going to need? <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not an exact science, yeah. right? And yeah. because our environments ebb and flow, 
right? So one minute you might, you might have a little bit of shrinkage and then you boom, you have a boom. You have to plan for that as much as you possibly can. Yeah. And I know, you know, as business leaders, we, we are doing the best we can with the planning, but I think that you just gotta get out there sooner Take the time to plan. That is like my pet peeve, you know. Yeah. It's like, please plan. All right. And, and the third mistake to avoid? Um, the third mistake to avoid is uh, do your due diligence on the property management company um, that's managing the buildings. Um, you know, it's really important to know, you know, that this, this property team is going to really provide the level of service that you need as a tenant. And so sometimes I know people are looking for the lowest deal, but hey, money is important, but you want to do your due diligence on the property management company that's managing the facility, yeah. especially a janitorial group that they use. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's so true. How many times is the janitorial in there? The security, how, how, how fast is the, the management react to the things? The elevator. The elevator, how the fast? Ele yes. Just, yeah, you know, that's so so key because you know, I've owned my own building for my business and when we outgrew it, the best space for my business was not a building that was available so I ended up leasing and that was a big concern to me is hey is the management is going to be are they responsive and do they take care of the place right. so I think that's a very good yes. tip very good Francina thanks for joining us good information thank as usual you. thank you thank you pleasure all right thank you for joining us out there on the radio stations and iTunes and YouTube and the show website we certainly appreciate hearing from you connecting with you commenting and sharing and let us know what you think and until next week be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, Excelligent, Building Data Everywhere, Plum Lending, Online Commercial Real Estate Loans, Get Valuate, Online Investment Analysis, Apto, your entire brokerage in the cloud. Build Out, the marketing tool for your brokerage. And Barnes Creative Studios, commercial real estate video production.